Hey guys, this is Jason over at the Coonhound Collective Podcast. I'm here today to tell you about one of our sponsors, Cocky's Outdoors. Whether you need a few dog collars or the whole setup, they can fix you up. They have a wide range of products from hound hunting to fishing. My friends over at Cocky's Outdoors can help you out. You can order online at conkeysoutdoors.com. Call them at 904-692-1568, 904-692-1568, or if you're in the Hastings, Florida area, go by and see them. Again, that's at conkeysoutdoors.com because we support support people who support our way of life. This is your host, Jason Snurgrove, and I will be your guide as we journey down the road to pleasure hunt or hitting the long trail to those great cop hunts. This is the Coon Hound Collective Podcast. Tragedy to Triumph. This is the story of small town kennels and lone survivor. He was pretty much lifeless, and I was freaking out, and she was freaking out, and I was like, Make sure you got your lights charged up. We're about to finish shining this tree. You are not going to want to miss this. I guess speaking of the magazines and seeing dogs in the magazine, that's before this podcast come to fruition. That, that's kind of how I got in contact with you is my son showed a dog over here at y'all's club, and I didn't really know about you and, and the next dog we're going to talk about, but I ended up with this English female at the house that me and my daughter have together, and we were wanting to breed her, and I was wanting to breed her to a blue male, and just so happened I got the bloodline in that month, and there's this blue English male dog on the front cover, and and then I go to read about the story and find out this guy don't live but right down the road from me. This is the dog <laughs> I, I need to uh, to breed to. And so I think we've text, texted you about breeding to him and kind of talked a little bit. And then, then we were able to get together to do this. Where, where did uh, where did Loner come from and kind of the, the whole story there on him? So I'm trying to figure out what can I breed Lori to to have the perfect cross. And, you know, everybody's trying to what they could breed a dog to to mm-hmm create the perfect litter and you know or get a high percentage of them. you know you're not going to create a perfect litter but and and i knew i wanted something out of her and she was getting you know getting older and this and that and of course Lori was always special to me and the traits that she has you know i desire those traits and, and i just thought a lot about it my cousin russ which i spoke talked about earlier you know he had the rosy female and he bred rosy uh, to the Cabin Creek Rowdy dog that David Minson mm-hmm. from Oklahoma had. And that cross was really exceptional. I don't remember how many of them dogs titled out of that cross, but I do know this. I got the runt female out of that litter, and I think that she might have been <laughs> she might have been the only pup in that litter that didn't make anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I didn't have good luck with it, you know, but I thought that was such an exceptional cross. And Lori is, um, she's double back road rosy bred. Mm-hmm and cabin creek rowdy and uh, i thought i need to try to get a hold of david and see what well time i wasn't sure if he had any semen on rowdy or not i'd heard that he did and i knew that none had ever been used and i thought well this would just be you know if we could pull this off if i could get some i was going to try to buy some semen from him and um, he didn't want to sell any of it and he said well I, tell me about your female and one thing led to the next and i wasn't trying to 
I knew I couldn't duplicate Rosie and the Rowdy Cross, which created the Barber Creek Ace male dog. And that dog was a that dog was a coon dog. And I would be lying if I didn't say I was trying to create an ace. Yeah. You know, you know, I knew that it probably wouldn't happen. But I thought, man, that'd be just unreal if, if this would happen. A lot of things got to go into play for that stuff to happen. I mean, the dogs got to have the want to, and you got to put in the time, right. and um, everything has to line up, obviously. But I'd contacted David, and, and uh, he said no, he had never used it before, and you know, I was like, was the semen good, and went through all that stuff with him, and he said, well, what do you want to use it on? And I told him about Lori, and he said, yeah, I've heard about her, and this and that, what kind of mouth she got, you know, what's her style, and you know, just asking me several questions, and he said, um, you know, we might do something later on, and you know, he seemed a little hesitant, and I thought, yeah, this ain't gonna happen, you know, I can't remember if maybe she was getting ready to come in heat and went out, and it, it took a little while. I mean, it just didn't happen overnight. And I'd contact him again, and he said, "Well, I would like to see her go. You know, I'd like to see her go hunting, and before we, you know, if we was decide to do this, so I'm not going to give you an answer over the phone, yes or no. I'd, but I'd like to see her go. He said we need to get together sometime. I said, "Well, come down." And uh, he came down. And it was in the winter time. It was down here. Him and one of his buddies come, and they they come down and brought their dogs, and we went on a hunt. We had a good time, and Lori put on a show. She got through the country and got treed, and we'd make another turnout. She'd get through the country and get treed, have a coon, get through the country, get treed, have a coon. Just, she just really looked good. And down here, you know, it's funny, you tell people, you know, you tree a couple coon down here at night and you've had a good night and yeah. people laugh, you know, when you tell them that. And uh, they don't know that until that, you know, you even mentioned earlier oh, where yeah. you came from to here, it's a different ball oh, game. Oh, yeah. And it really is. And I mean, it ain't all good and great. I mean, it's just, that's the deck that we're dealing with. We have to play those cards here. You yeah. know, I live here. I don't have no choice. I either deal with what I've got here and hunt or I just don't coon hunt. Yeah. But, but she, she did. She looked, she looked like a million dollars and I was excited because I thought you know he this is gonna seal the deal mm-hmm. he's gonna want to do it the funny this thing about this whole deal was was we was walking out before he was getting ready to make another turnout well no actually it was our last turnout and David said I believe your female's coming in heat and I said are you serious and I checked her I said boy she is she is starting to come in and the funny thing about and the reason I tell you that it was meant to be like even taking her to the world hunt and stuff is is uh she uh, about three weeks before Lori would come in heat and about two to three weeks after she went out I mean she was just an absolute lunatic if you wanted to see her look bad you'd take her hunting I knew I always keep track of them anyways about when they're going to cycle but boy about two or three weeks before she comes in heat I mean she just looks silly I mean she just can just look so awful and I could not believe that she was coming in heat and she just put on a performance like she did it was just meant to be for that to happen David's like well I want to do this thing so he had made agreed to make the cross and and we had kind of kicked around ideas well how are we going to do this if she has this many pups and I said well we need to have it in writing you know that way there's no confusion and you know what we're going to do when these pups are born I know what we're going to do there ain't nothing that neither one of us are going to forget about and we're going to know who gets what pick and this and that what order who wants what we come to an agreement on everything and it was all fine and dandy and then two months later tragedy strikes you know we make the cross and uh, I get her artificially bred she was having trouble having this pup and so I had to rush her to the vet she had to have a seat they said well they'd done an x-ray and they said you know she's got a puppy in her mm-hmm. and I said a puppy and they said yeah like one pup so I was thinking one puppy so they do a c-section and I'm out there in the waiting room and they come out and they come carrying this <laughs> I'll never 
forget this as long as I live. They come carrying this little container out, and they said, well, we got, they'd already told me, you know, bad news. And they said, one pup. I was like, well, great, that's bad news. And he comes out. And I said, well, what is it? They knew I was a female guy. I've mm-hmm. always been a female guy. He said, well, you're probably not going to be very happy. I'm like, oh, great, more bad news. And he said, it's a male pup. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's a male pup? Uh, one pup, and it's a male. I'm like, this thing is going south, you know? He walks over to me, and I look over in there, and I'm like, a blue one? And, you know, a lot of people like blues, and I shouldn't care what color they are, really. You know, as long as they tree raccoons and we like them, that's all that matter. But I like a dark cherry red tick mm-hmm. or a tricolor. And I saw it was blue. I was like, oh, you know. But the good news was, was the pup was alive. I was devastated that that thing was not a red tick female. I was devastated that it was only one pup. But anyways, I called David and I said, well, I got bad news, you know. Good news and bad news. Bad news is, is we've only got one puppy. And the good news is it's alive and I had to have it cut out. And he said, oh, that ain't good and this and that. And I got to thinking about us agreeing on that how we was going to do that litter <laughs> kind of funny thinking about it but now but we we never discussed what we was going to do if she had one pup and because we just didn't we didn't expect and uh so anyways i've lori she takes you know to the pup obviously and raises it up about five weeks it was we had a little cold stretch of, of weather he was born on october the 30th and uh, so we had this little cold snap come through we was out there i was out there doing feeding and stuff and checking on animals and doing normal chores you know stuff and even and I heard my wife she just screamed just bloody murder out there I looked around the side of the house there and, and here she comes she's coming through the backyard from the kennel and she's got this pup in her hands and I can see this thing looks like a just drowned rat and yeah. it's just limp and I'm I said what's going on what's going on what? and she goes he was I just pulled him out of the bucket of water I just pulled him out of that bucket of water out there and it was cold he should have never made it in that bucket of water but I, I, I would guess he was just he climbed up the side of that it was just set up just right where he got his feet in the side of that wire and got up there to the handle of that bucket and he hoisted himself up in there somehow and he got in that bucket of water and i don't know how long he had been out there but if my wife hadn't have this has a lot to do with his name how he got his name but i told my wife i said won't you go out there and i had a heat bulb out there and that's why she went out there i said won't you go out there and check that heat you know check that heat bulb make sure everything's good and she went out there she found him out there because we was pretty much done uh taking care of stuff and and it was going to freeze that night it was getting cold temperature was dropping it was getting cold so we brought him in and he was pretty much lifeless and i was freaking out and she was freaking out and i was like oh my gosh it's the only pup in the litter and um brought him inside and i called the our local unofficial vet you yeah. know i called her us yeah. <laughs> said you're not gonna believe what happened i said melanie just pulled this you know this pup out of the bucket of water and he's lifeless and you know what i need to, he's you know and i was just freaking out. i knew i had to get the pup dry and i knew i need to do this but just in the moment i just you know i just lost my mind and upset and just didn't know what to do and freaking out and he said you got to get it dry you got to get it dry and you just gonna have to get the pup dry and get him warm so we started to do that and it just wasn't seem like it was helping too good and i called a few vets and this was on a sunday afternoon and i couldn't get anybody to answer anywhere and my wife ended up calling and i was you know messing with him trying to rubbing around on him and had a hair dryer on low on him trying to get him dried off trying to get him warmed up and moving him around you know and listening i didn't think he had any water in his lungs or he didn't sound like it you know so she left a voicemail with one of the vets and they called back pretty quick and they said look here's what you got to do put a little energy back in this dog you need to get some k 
syrup or something if you gain and rub it on you know rub it on the gun line of that pup and said he'll come to life quick said you know his sugar's low blah blah, blah. my wife had some k-roll syrup and she rubbed that on that pup's gum line and it wasn't two minutes and that thing come to life like it was amazing to watch yeah. that pup he was up on his feet and he just he was on a sugar eye you know yeah. oh yeah. he come to life he survived this drowning and um he survived you know he basically was a miracle birth to begin with so he kind of survived uh he wasn't really shouldn't have been born to be honest with you I, it, it took a while before i'd got her to the vet and they right. done the c-section and all that so he'd been in there quite a while so i, I wasn't expecting him to be alive if you yeah. know the truth okay he at this point he's he's still just a small pup yeah he's uh, five weeks he was about five weeks old then four and a half five weeks old i hadn't gave him a name yet at that time so yeah and so that's where small town lone survivor come from yeah so i was trying to think of a name and i'd been watching i'd watched the lone survivor movie and mm-hmm. i'd watched a lot of interviews and stuff with marcus luttrell and i've always had a lot of respect for our military and our soldiers and my brother's retired from the army and i've always just huge supporter of our military and i'm sure it probably has a lot to do with my brother and so i've i've seen every and watched every interview on marcus luttrell and he's just always been my hero my wife said you know you ought to call him lone survivor small town lone survivor and i said well what would i call him i'm gonna call i didn't you know i thought i ain't gonna call him survivor and uh so i was thinking you know Lori, she's oh she was always a loner i thought you know if if he takes after Lori's traits and i expected him to Right. I thought this dog is probably going to be a loner. Now, if I'd have named him this and he didn't take after it, this name wouldn't fit him. And so I kind of rolled the dice on naming him this because he very well may not have this trait. You know, he right. may not be like his mama. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to call him. You know, that's I love the name. My wife comes up with a lot of my dog names, and she's pretty good at coming up with dog names. But she kind of she basically named him, and she kind of helped save his life getting him out. Because if I hadn't sent her back out there, she wouldn't have went back out there and checked on him. You know, he wouldn't be alive today. So. Right. So I call him Loner, and uh, it's just I said, well, I'm gonna call him Loner, you know, and it just stuck ever since. So did he uh, start pretty early, or he actually um, Loner was always a really super intelligent pup. I could just see it in his eyes. He was just a really, really smart pup. He was mm-hmm. different than a lot of pups that I that I'd raised or had been around or had bought or had. You know, it was just something different about him. And but he he started at about six months old. I showed him a coon and wasn't expecting much. He went berserk over that coon. It shocked me. I really wasn't expecting him to go. He was just had that bug-eyed. You've seen them dogs just have that bug-eyed hatred, and and he did. He just he just had that bug-eyed hatred for one. And I thought, well, shoot, I've I've never started. You know, I don't get too excited about starting one this early. And I didn't have nowhere the pup to start. And I thought, well, I'll I'll start taking him a little bit, mm-hmm. seeing what he does. I didn't expect to turn him loose. I thought go out there with Lori for 50 yards out of your light and mill around and end up coming back 30 seconds or five minutes later be at your feet or whatever you know thought I'd start him with her and it didn't work out too good I mean he would go with her when you cut him but they was always ending up the opposite direction and you know he started out where he was just exploring the country and no telling what he was doing but he was just he was gone and he was just he'd just get through the country you know he was striking a few coon tracks here and there and wasn't getting treed but they was never together I thought well I don't need to I don't need to hunt these two dogs together this is pointless. He, I don't need her, you know. He's going by himself. I mean, every time I cut him, they, you know, they end up two different directions. And I'd always end up having to go to Lori Treed, and he never was over there with me. He never did ever pull to her, or he never did ever go over there and tree with her or anything. And so so I thought, well, I'm just going to put out a coon feeder or two. I'm just going to take him by himself. And he started out, he was just had a really good nose, and I would pull up to turn loose to send him toward, at that time, I had a coon feeder out, but to start him. I could tell, he, you know, you'd get him out of the dog box. I'd hunt off my four-wheeler a lot, too, and I'd get him out of the 
how the dog walks off the four-wheeler on my truck and as soon as his feet hit the ground his front legs was off the ground walking on his back legs on the leash walking around you know and had his head in there and he was a wind in it, and you could boy you could he was just sniffing and sniffing and sniffing turn him loose and he'd just take off his head up he just started getting under coons he'd bark a few times on the ground but he was just laying coons up just started laying coons up on his own just mm-hmm. left and right and he was winning that he you know it wouldn't matter how far i'd take him and turn him loose on a feeder or whatever i mean it seemed like he was he knew there was a coon around and uh funny thing about him boy we have bumped heads a lot he he was a really aggravating dog to start i don't know he was just a hard-headed thing kind of in a way he you know you'd send him north and he would i'd want him to go this direction and he might go out there 20 yards and then just turn right around and come running right straight back toward you and right behind you and then he'd go hunt back south and like that ain't the direction i'm wanting us to go hunting you know i thought you're gonna go the way i point you and i would go catch him up scold him a little bit take him back up there cut him loose didn't do any good i was wasting my time he was gonna go wherever he wanted to go no matter what i done and it he just was just that was just the way it was gonna be what i started figuring out was when i was doing this was in the beginning a lot of times when he would go the opposite direction if i wasn't getting treated on a feeder or something i and i and i didn't just pound feeders and hunt them you know and i thought well i'm gonna go turn him loose somewhere else where i think there's some coons down here or i'd treat him with lori or whatever and um, or star and i i would go turn him loose and and it seemed like he'd go the opposite direction he was getting treed and i was finding coons and i'm like well he obviously knows where the coons are more than i do (laughs) so maybe i need to cut him that way next time you know and then the next time i might go up there and cut him that way and he would go the direction i wanted him to go the night before or two nights before or whatever he really got aggravating and um one night he turned him loose off the side of county road and he come out and hit the road and went right back up the road i was like oh you know you don't want a dog running a road and that's Mm -hmm. the worst thing you want up the road he went i checked my garmin and i was a long ways from a highway for him you know i was on back road county road there wasn't no traffic out there and he'd went up the road i don't remember that time it was maybe eight nine half mile way up the road he went and then he just fell off the side of the road and just bam slam dunk fell treed up there went over there and he had a coon give him the coon what i didn't know was happening was was i was creating a monster deer and stuff you know they a lot of times you know if they're not pressured they're going to take the path of least resistance if they if there's a trail that leads to a clover field or whatever they're going to hit that trail and it's easy walking and that's just you know as long as nobody bothers them or anything that's where they're going to go they're going to take that same trail down there and so this road he was winning these coons out of the truck obviously was going back to where they were and was finding them and was getting underneath them he would do it just time after time and and i'd shoot him out to him and i thought man he's he's doing this dog's doing a good job he's got a good nose blah 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 and, and i did i created a monster he got the running roads on me i was like man this is not good he's gonna get run over he's gonna come out on yeah. a county road hit a highway and i'd talked to a few people and i wasn't really sure i'd never had never had a dog do that just had a bad problem to do that but probably one of the nights that i hated him the worst was this night i it was on a week night and i got started late anyways and i had to go through a couple two or three gates i was by myself you know get out open him drive i sent him up a branch and or sent him down the branch and he he goes down it he looks back at me and then just runs up in the brush and disappears and i'm thinking well i got a garment i'm gonna know where you're going you know he thinks he's pulling a fast one on me and i look on my garment sure enough he's going behind me going the other direction so it it was just like he was doing it just to aggravate me because yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. i mean it was constant i mean it was constant you cut this dog north this dog was going south people say well if he's one go- well then go turn him the other direction well you do that it, it was just 10 percent of the time he'd go the direction you cut him so he goes out and around behind me and he goes up takes this big swath back in behind me and and i thought you know what I, you this ain't gonna fly i've had a gut full of this i got mad slammed my tailgate jumped in my truck i 
I look at my Garmin to see where he's at, he's headed toward this road that drives off down to this farm where some of my friends own this piece of land we hunt a lot. Good coon hunting for up here. And I've got to go through uh, a couple of gates. And when I went through that second one, he was on that road running it. And I got in the truck and oh, I just flew up through there. And I ran up there and I caught him in the road. Oh, he knew when I got out, he, I could tell the way he was acting. He knew he, knew he was in trouble. You know? mm. I was like, oh. And I get him caught, throw him in the truck. I was like, you are going down that branch that I sent you down. If I've got to take you down here 15 times, you're going down this branch. And I drive him back down there, go through the gate, shut it, open it. It's a big deal. Go down there, cut him down it again. He goes down even farther and goes out of my sight. I sit on the tailgate and I'm like, all right, you're going down the branch. You're going the way I want you to go hunting. Now, remember, I just drove down this road to get down there originally, the same road that he was running to. And he gets out of sight and he, I don't hear him. He ain't struck. I don't hear him. I was like, oh, get my Garmin out, check it. He's down there 200 and some yards and he's cutting back, circling around again. He gets, he's out of my light. He thinks he's far enough away from me. I ain't going to know where he went. You know, he don't know I've got a Garmin. I know every move he's making. Same thing, curls back around up there hits the road by the time i get back in the truck get through these gates back up there he had already hit that road went into another little driveway that tees off that i've come down and when i go through this gate i hear him bark one time ground bark i didn't even care i'm going to get you are going down this branch Mm -hmm. you're not doing this again i go up there this is really stupid so i guess i'm telling on myself but (laughs) he uh i get him caught he knows he's in trouble he kind of whimpers around you know, I didn't, I verbally scolded him a little bit, loaded him up, took him back down there, same down the branch. Same thing. I'm not kidding. Goes a little farther, does the same thing, hooks back around, hits this road. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, you know what? I give up. I mean, I was frustrated. Yeah. I, I thought, I give up. I am not running. I'm not going to do this all night. I can't do this all night. This is just ridiculous. So I got in the truck. He'd kind of wore me down anyways. I was kind of wore out. And so I get in the truck and I go up there and I go through the second gate. And the last time I checked him he was on that road running that road and i just was taking my time and i went through that second day gate and i got out of that second gate he was treed every breath i drove up the hill there and i got out and stopped and he was about 80 yards off this road driveway old county road and he's treed every breath and i thought you stupid idiot if you've got a coon i don't know whether to be mad or glad you know what i mean yeah of course i went over there and he had a coon and he was the whole time trying to get up there to tree that coon and i was keeping him from treeing that coon yeah the whole time he knew that coon was there. He'd winded that coon out of my box coming down that road. He just knew it, the coon was up there, and he was going to go up there and find him. And he did. When that all went down the way it did, I had that little switch light bulb go off, I guess, in my head. And I'm like, I've done this yeah. to this dog. I've created this. Now I've got a problem. I talked to a few people. And what do you think I ought to do? I ain't never had a dog do this. Some guy said, well, I'd do this. I'd do that. I tried this, and I tried that. Unexpectedly, he, he just quit running roads. He It was the craziest thing. He just quit them. He just, he just didn't do that no more. And he got to where he was about 50% of the time going the way I'd cut him. So anyways, you know, he had some ups and downs, and, you know, he kind of went through a backwards, kind of went backwards on me one time and and kind of fell apart and i thought oh you know this ain't right this dog was doing really good you know and yeah. and i wasn't you know i wasn't trying to burn him out you know i really don't know they just that happens young dogs they oh, yeah. they go backwards and things happen and but he i got kind of down the dumps and i hunt a lot with my buddy chops and he said yeah don't get down on him he said you just gotta hunt him through it you know we just gotta hunt you know just yeah. keep after him and just hunt him through it and so i did and and it all worked out he come back around so um you hunt him just ukc or pkc too or we 
don't have a lot of PKC. I never, I never did ever hunt a lot of PKC hunts. We don't have a lot mm. of, we don't have very many PKC clubs around here, right. as you know. It's mostly been UKC around here. And, you know, there's just a lot of UKC guys around here. I, I don't have anything against PKC. We tried PKC at our club. Wow, it's been 17, 18 years ago, 16 years ago, probably back when I had Grace. It's been yeah. a while, but it just never took off. I don't, I don't know why it didn't. We tried it. We got a, there's a PKC. They do UKC both, but they have PKC hunts about an hour from here. But besides that, I mean, I'd have to drive a long ways. And I don't know, to be honest with you, he's kind of a PKC type dog and Lori was too. And I look back on that. I probably should have hunted Lori and she was probably the right style of dog for PKC. Yeah. And I should have took advantage of that back when she was younger. Yeah. And I didn't, but I, so I kind of regret that a little bit. So what was he won there in UKC? So he'd went backwards on me and then he come back around finally, quit running roads. You know, he really originally in, in the early days there, he wasn't, he was doing a lot of winding mm-hmm. and was treeing a lot of coons winding. And he wasn't just doing a whole lot of striking good tracks and running good tracks and or messing with bad ones or, you know, he was just, he was going through the woods looking to wind a coon. And I, and I wasn't used to that. I didn't know whether I really liked it or not. He was doing it. So I was just riding the ride with him, you know, yeah, yeah. as he was doing it. But I knew that I thought, well, I want him ready. I want him ready for the hunts. And you know, I think I can win with this dog. I think I can win some hunts with him. I want to try him out. But, you know, I've put dogs in hunts too early. And just because you want to go and you want to hunt. And I like to win. And I thought, you know, if I if I don't have any confidence in him and, and don't think I can win, I'm not going to go. I would like to just make sure he's right. English Days is coming up. I'm just going to kind of make his debut be English Days. And, you know, if I get beat, I get beat. You know, yeah. we're going to hunt in cornfield country. I knew there had to have been a lot more coons in Illinois than there was. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Down here, and I think you probably know that there yeah, is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hunted Illinois. I lived there for almost a year and hunted over there, and it, it's some of the best hunting I've ever been in. So that's the hunt that I that I took him to um, and put him in, and you know he, you know, I about didn't go. I uh, he looked awful prior to English days. I was I was hunting him a lot, trying to get him tuned up, and just you know I was just hunting him and uh, not trying to get him tuned up. I was just hunting him trying to make a dog out of him night and you know night after night and uh, and he just before english days he was just looking awful mm-hmm. and i thought i'm not going up there anyways i was talking to a buddy of mine david bradley down in the south he was gonna he was gonna make the trip up there and then my buddy chuck henson they said man he'll be fine you're you're you know you're easy to get down on him and he's probably doing better than what you're letting on and you're too picky and i just ain't got no confidence in him you know he's really been looking bad mm-hmm. so i thought well i'll go hell i'd actually been hunting that week prior to that too uh my buddy john wyrock and he said well i don't know you think you think you ought to make the trip you think it's worth it <laughs> he'd hunt with him so he had saw him yeah and he he was a first-hand experience not you know not just hearing me talk and he was he knew that he wasn't looking too good and so i went up there on friday night thursday night i hunted we didn't do no good we had a decent hunt we just i just didn't do no good i got beat so my first hunt with him up there i got beat and then friday night i took third place and he looked pretty good and then i don't know i was pretty excited i was you always want to win first and i thought you know i need to be tickled with third and you know he didn't put on no clinic or anything but we pulled off third third place win and and i thought that it was probably over for me i really did i thought well i'm gonna take this third place trophy and i'll probably be headed back to missouri and that'll be the end of it you know next night got drawled out again and i ended up winning first place that night and was the highest scoring english male on that saturday night i really didn't know at the time when they was giving out the awards i didn't know that i was the highest scoring male i didn't i hadn't checked the board i knew that i won first uh but I wasn't sure, you know, who had high score mail. But I think I missed the king of the hunt on that at English Days. I think I was, I think I got beat for the total by 75, I think. 
Yeah. I was close to getting king of the hunt, but I didn't make king of the hunt. But yeah. it was close. I was really proud of him after Saturday night because yeah. I really thought that, you know, I thought it was over. So he was my buddy all over again. Yeah. <laughs> I was, he wasn't my buddy the week prior. Yeah, we did. wasn't getting along very good. <laughs> yeah, he definitely sounded like he made up for it after Saturday. Night. Yeah, he did. He did. What uh, other hunts has uh, he been in? So after that, pretty large benefit hunt over here, close to us over here, and I went hunting it, and I got second place in that. So that gave me another win. I can't remember really after that. I hunted a. I didn't hunt a whole lot of local hunts. I hunted a few and just got some cast wins on him locally. And I thought, well, if I'm gonna grant him out, make him night champion, all that, I'm just gonna I'm gonna hunt him in some hunts, you know around won some cast and put some wins on him this and that maybe night champion ended up this past year i won an rqe which qualified me for the zones for the ukc world got to go down there for the zones i placed third place at the zones which allowed me to advance to the top 100 in 2021 now i was pretty excited yeah oh i bet i got third down there i think there was there was three of us that all had the same score i think if i remember right down there it was great i got in on one night down there along with two or three other people interesting fact well something funny we I, loners got down there and his eyes swelled shut <laughs> So Lori at the zones, and then now him, and he he actually got in a bean field on me down there. Uh, I'd been going to Kansas. I got a good friend that lives out there, Ron Brown, and I I was trying to prepare him for corn and and all that. But anyways, he got down there and and uh, got in a soybean field, and his eyes swelled shut. He was a mess. You know they wasn't used to that. Them guys that was with me said, "Oh, his his eyes will be boy, his eyes look awful." And said his eyes are going to be in bad shape more. Now I mean we don't have soybean down here or corn, and you know I don't have. A doctor, a dog that's been soybean filled. Boy, his eyes were just really messed up. And I mean, they were just raw, you know, the tops of his eyelids and his nose and along the side of his mouth. He looked awful. And uh, you look like he had hooked him up to a truck and drug him through it, just, yeah. you know, like oh, he's yeah. pulling somebody behind a sled on the snow. He's just, them guys said, well, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this and that. Rinse his eyes out. You need to go by the Dollar General or wherever and get you some saline solution and flush his eyes out mm-hmm. good and this and that. So we had a spa treatment i guess loner got a spa treatment (laughs) i I kind of laughed about it said he got his spa treatment it was kind of funny i actually took some pictures of him with some because he'll just you know he'll set i've got him obedience trained and he's super smart and he does about anything i tell him to do and so i had him to sit down and i had a wet washcloth and put it (laughs) put it on his eyes and he just sat there with that washcloth on him he wouldn't move a muscle he just sat there it was pretty funny i thought i gotta take a picture of this this will be fun to look back on one of these days but we made it to the top 100 up there and i got him over his eyes and his eyes had come around around pretty quick he was he was feeling pretty good but we made it up there to the top 100 and we we got drawled out and i you know just like going up there with Lori in 18 i knew that these three dogs i'm on draw they're gonna be legit and well you pretty I, much know when you get to the top 100 of the ukc world you're yeah you're not in in the finals but still you you're, you're gonna be hunting with the cream of the crop that's right that's right and I, and I knew it you know i had experienced that in 18 up there and and i never expected to go back and i never for sure did not expect to take a son out of my female up there right so we go up there and i'll never forget this either they uh, our guide took us to we pull off side of the road and there's corn and i got out and the first thing i said was i said where's the timber he said right through there we got to walk through this field and get to the timber well i got my said, all right so I, everybody's getting their stuff out and i get my garment out and I look on my bird's eye and i'm like we're walking through a cornfield and everybody that's probably listening to this is probably laughing because they're used to this mm-hmm. you know what i mean you know where we live we don't see this yeah and 
hunt. We're not used to that type of hunting. And, and I thought, loner will be through that in 30 seconds and on the other side of it, going out the back side of it and in the back side of that cornfield. And hope we don't get in here and, you know, run this corn. But I'd been hunting him in Kansas. He was hunting in that corn. I exposed him to that out there four weekends straight prior to the zones. And he really hunted them like I'd raised him out there. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked. And uh, he, he just operated really good. So I had a lot of confidence, but I thought his wheels could fall off out here on me, you know. So we walked through that. I look on my Garmin, and I'm like, there ain't five acres of timber in there. Mm-hmm. And we're in the, and it, we're walking about 200 yards off a county road to a completely, perfectly square patch of timber in probably what looks like a 200-acre cornfield. No timber anywhere else. Right. I'm like, what in the world? So we go out through there, and we cut dogs, and them dogs barking off the leash just instantly. And them guys are striking dogs off the snap. And I'm sitting there <laughs> going, what just happened? What You know, I'm sitting there thinking, what is going on? Loner ain't said a word. And them guys are just boom, 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 striking in. All three of them dogs struck in at right at our feet, right at the edge of this timber. Dogs start loading up and getting treed. I mean, they didn't go nowhere. A couple of them got split, and uh, one shut up and moved. And then all of a sudden, Loner just blows up treed. I strike him in and tree him, and another dog pulls to him. And just, I forget really what happened. Anyways, I couldn't find my coon. The next guy over there couldn't find his coon. We went to that dog. I'd recut. And this whole time, I'm just blown away by, well, I mean, I know, what, I know that I'm into a comp hunt here. I know where we're turning loose. I know the game. I know what the object is. I'm blown away that we're turning loose in this little patch of timber, and we went 25 yards, and there ain't five acres in here. And this dog gets treated over here left-handed from us, and he has a coon. I recut, get in there. He, the loner goes plumb to the opposite corner, goes plumb through it to the other side. He's just trying to get away from these dogs is what he's doing. And he goes over there and he gets treed. I get treed in again, struck in, treed in. Can't find my coon. I'm like, what is going on? I can't believe this. I, I really don't. The first tree, I don't think he had a coon on the second tree. And But the first tree, I think he had a coon. I don't know why I couldn't get a look, but I think he had a coon on the first tree. And them other dogs, I think, thought they probably did too. But or they all one of them wouldn't have treed there. But right. Anyways, we uh, we called time out to move, and I thought, great, I'm glad we're getting out of here. And we drive and go to another spot exactly the same 10 acre patch two or three hundred acre cornfield and he hooks left-handed and i got first strike and i thought boy i am really gonna <laughs> i'm gonna pour it on these guys he's typically a second or third strike dog but i got first them I, to get first strike on them guys i was pretty excited because them guys was just getting struck quick and he's an honest strike dog if he barks he's smelling coon mm-hmm. he don't lose bark and babble and stuff and as soon as he strike as soon as he opens i'm striking him and it's a coon and so i got struck in first strike and I thought, this is great. You know, he's going to get over here, left-handed over here, and get under a coon. I'm going to be 225, boom, recut. And, you know, these dogs get struck in straight in, and they just squirrel hunt this little block of timber, and loner's wheels falls off. He just goes straight over there and hits that corn and gets in that cornfield. And I'm just sitting there going, yeah. what happened? What's going on? What are you doing? And he did. He just, he went over and got, I mean, I hate to admit it, but he did. He, he just looked awful. And uh, them dogs stayed in that little patch of timber and squirrel hunted that timber while he was over in that corn and we had like i don't know there was 50 minutes or 40 minutes left in that hunt or something and we scored on two or three coons in there and i got beat so yeah we had to come back to missouri i was pretty down in the dumps because he did not you 
know, he didn't look too good and didn't operate the way I wanted him to operate. I still feel blessed and thankful that I made it that far with him. How old is he He's, now? He just turned four. Just turned four. He did, yeah. Is Loner open to the public for breeding? He is. I've I've started breeding a few females after English days. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm breeding him. I'm I'm not live covering him. I'm just doing artificial breedings to him while I'm pushing him. So I'm not doing any live cover stuff. And I've I can ship chilled semen, and I've sent some of that down there, and then. Actually, his second letter, there was eight or nine, I think, mm-hmm. on that one. And the first one was female, never had pups before, I don't think. She had six or seven. I can't remember how many litters he's got on the ground. I think five. And then there's another one that I bred. So I, there's a litter that's due to be born here within the next month or so from a gentleman out of Arkansas. I mean, uh, other than looks, he's a, he's definitely a good-looking dog. People out there that have English dog or a dog that's you know they're interested in uh, breeding to him, what kind of traits do you think, what, what would be the benefit of breeding too long? Owner, uh, that would benefit the the English breed and and benefit the the person's kennel that's breeding well you know i know that i'm going to say this up front that most crosses don't work statistics prove that most crosses don't work Mm -hmm. if you run the numbers on them it depends on what you're after too i guess it depends on if you just want an average country or if you want you know if you're just wanting that once in a lifetime dog to pop out of that i mean you could breed dogs for the rest of your life and not ever get that dog maybe you know what i mean it's just he's not going to cross on i don't think he's going to cross on everything ain't going to make him out that he's going to walk on water i mean i don't know how he's going to reproduce but i think that the traits you know i like certain traits and there's guys that like other traits and the ones i like may not mean a whole lot to them they may not care about it whether a dog does this or that you know everybody's got different ideas and they got different terrain they hunt and stuff like that you know some guys don't want a dog to be by itself all the time and you know they may not want that dead loner they may want a dog that'll cover or strike track with another dog and you know i know guys like that and it depends on whether they're comp hunting or whether they're pleasure hunting you know if you're pleasure hunting he's not a fun dog to take and go pleasure hunting something with some guys because you're going to go to these two or three dogs over here tree together having a good time talking together walking through the woods and you know i like pleasure hunting i like to compete but i love pleasure hunting with guys and cutting up and having a good time that's you just about got to do that it's it's so fun but if you got a dog that's all the time over here by itself all the time and it's however deep through the country back the direction you really didn't even want to hunt or wasn't expecting to go to then you're gonna have to have all your buddies are gonna go with you and you're gonna have to drive around to go get this dog and and this and that so some guys not everybody likes a loner but i think that um with the traits that that he has these dogs, um, they've got a lot of go to him, and I think he's going to throw some go. I think he's going to put the mouth on them, too. I mean, he's got an extremely loud, loud mouth. Some of these pups that are out of him that are just, I think his oldest pups are 11, 12 months old, 10 months old, maybe, mm-hmm. in that range. They've got they've got loud mouths, so if they're lacking loud mouth, I, I think he might be able to help them in the mouth department if they care about that. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't care if a dog's loud. It's just independent. He's naturally independent. His mama was naturally independent. I ain't going to beat one and make it independent i ain't gonna set it up i ain't gonna spend the time to do all that if they're man-made like that i mean i don't I'm not knocking anybody that does it i just that's just not what i'm gonna do right I, well i don't have to let me back up i don't have to do that because that's just the way these dogs operate. it's just the way they are now if i wanted that and they didn't operate that way i may have a different opinion on it i guess yeah <laughs> i think you're gonna get a lot of independence mouth um i think you know just the way he's bred uh, going back and looking back at how he's bred 
dad and, and what he's from. The the bloodline that, you know, he's bred to reproduce. I mean, he's rowdy reproduced, Huckabuck, you know, and rowdy and awesome. They were all out of snake. Snake reproduced. Jim Ridge has had an exceptional, you know, and David, they've all had exceptional reproducing hound, you know, Briar Creek bred dogs. And it just depends on the traits that you desire, you know, and all that. But he's he's a, got a good nose and, you know, most of these dogs you know loners probably the most of them lori lori can't wind a coon she's not no winding type dog she's just not gonna she don't hunt that way so i'm not really sure where he's getting that from i noticed um I guess maybe on your facebook page or something talk a little bit about you, you brought up veterans and how much you enjoy the the country and talk a little bit about um what you do with part of the the breeding proceeds yeah so what decided to do on that was and i you know it's it's just something that that i marcus latrell has um got the lone survivor foundation and i thought you know i've kind of named him after him and mm-hmm. Lori and for lots of different reasons and, and you know he's a an american hero and to a lot of people not just me there's ways to give back you know i wasn't in the military and you know looking back i've, I've had times in my life where i thought you know i probably should have went and served our country and i didn't so yeah. if there's you know if i can give back by doing something like this it may not be that much uh but i'm gonna give you know i never did set a exact amount I, well i did at first i said well, i'm gonna give 25 percent of every stud fee to the lone survivor foundation and then i once i had ran an ad and said that i was going to give back 100 percent. you know for the month of i forget what it was when i done that november, you remember november i think it was, was it yeah and i was going to give 100 percent of that stud fee so i'm not going to take any of the money i'm just going to give it all to them so i don't know i may just change it up and do something different all the time but i'll just say this from from now until loner takes his last breath any female that gets bred to him that i get a stud fee on i'm giving a minimum of 25 percent of it to this lone survivor foundation yeah. i'm donating to it every single time he gets bred yeah well, uh, I, just something that i've just that the lord put on my heart i guess and i just yeah. i just felt that that's something that i would want to do just to give back and it and it probably don't it's just a drop in the bucket probably to, compared to a lot of the donations that they yeah. that they probably get well hey i you know um, every little bit would help and i think it's a uh admiral thing for you to step up and give some portion of it uh back whether it be 25 percent or like you did in the month of november giving the whole stud fee i i really really think that's a that's an awesome thing to do and i think a lot of people would appreciate it uh out there and, and uh, i'm sure they appreciate it as well so is there a memorable hunting story i know we've told some stories about some dogs <laughs> through here but is there is there something else that maybe would be funny or or something that really sticks out to your mind in your mind of uh, something that's happened hunting whether it be comp, comp hunting or pleasure hunting or or whatever oh i'll tell you what i've got <laughs> I've probably got I've got a lot of sto- stories I could probably share or tell, but yeah, I've had a few fun, funny ones and some serious ones and stuff. I've um, I like to hunt with a buddy usually, and and uh, or we all try to get together. You know, all my buddies we try to get together and hunt a lot. That it's just it's fun to get together and and just hunt as a group and just have a good time and cut up. You know, it's the older I've gotten, the more that that means more to me than anything. Yeah. And um, I've got a chops, which is Curtis Darty. Nobody knows him here by Curtis, but. He's got a grandson named Easton, and that little boy is just coon crazy. And I tell you, I just I like hunting with him and just watching him and just sitting back and mm-hmm. watching him. It just it means a lot to me just to watch the youth and and to see them get so excited. And of course, you know what kid doesn't like a dog? For your dog to do something and tree coons, and that's what you know the kid knows that we're here for and all that. It's it's just awesome. But he he's a dandy. He's a he's a tough boy, and and he loves coon hunting. I hope he sticks with it and yeah. and sticks it 
out because he's going to be a good little coon hunter. He's, he learns quick and he's learning his dog, you know, and she's turning out to be a nice little outfit. And um, yeah, I've had one of the most recent ones. Of, it, it's it's not a funny one. I guess it can be, but I, me and Chopper's coon hunting one night and what's those satellites that, that that guy's releasing into? Oh, the, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The Elon Musk uh, yeah. Starlight. Have you seen or, those yet? Y- yeah. You got to experience that? Yeah, the little lights up in the sky in a line. Oh, that was the wildest thing. We, yeah. we here that was back. Oh, it's been several months back, and we'd turn cut dogs loose, and we were just sitting there waiting for them dogs to get struck, you know. And then I look up. I'm just looking up into the sky, and I do that a lot. And I was looking up there at the stars, and then all of a sudden I see this star moving, and then one right behind it, and one right behind it. I'm like, I thought I was losing my mind. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I didn't know anything about these yeah. satellites, you know. I didn't know nothing about them. I hadn't heard anybody talking about. Them. And I look up, and there's just man, one. And there must have been 50 to 100 of them. I'd seen, I was watching them. There was probably 15 or 20 of them before I even said anything. I said, hey, Easton, and look up there. We saw them satellites flying through the sky, and they just, just coming through there real slow and just a perfect straight line. And they, anyways, it, it was pretty neat. He got to experience that, and we got to experience that coon hunting. It was kind of it was kind of neat to experience that. And we them dogs got struck. We went, and they got treed. We went down there, pulled them off the tree, found a coon, recut them. And this is just, you know, anybody would, I'm sure anybody would do this, you know, for their friends but I've got some good friends that I love and they love me and we all are, are pretty tight and um, but I boy I got a pain in my abdomen and I said I don't know what's wrong and we'd turn them dogs loose again off that tree and they had got it they struck and was going out of hearing and I thought boy I've got something wrong anyways long story short I I just about he just about chops just about had to carry me out of the woods I was having a kidney stone I didn't know it I thought my appendix had busted or something or you know and so he got a chance an opportunity to fly me out of the (laughs) I felt like I was on a helicopter with the drive we had you know flying up the you know there's not a straight road down here yeah no yeah it's it's all curvy and uh so we had a trip to the er and i had kidney stones and i that was my first experience with that i don't want to experience that no more yeah, but i've heard they're not fun that no and you know you're thinking you're gonna go on a coon hunt and have fun and that happens and things falls apart on you but but yeah that i just you know i i used to hunt a, a lot more by myself and i thought you're out here by yourself and but you'll do things that to get yourself out of situations just on adrenaline but yeah. i thought man if i'd been here by myself i might not have ever got out of here because boy i tell you what people that's had them that i've talked to they say oh you've never had them before huh and i said oh yeah that was quite an experience yeah. you know but i had that happen in the, in the woods coon hunting you experience a lot of things when you're out there at night oh yeah and positive and negative and things can happen at night out there and there's things going on out there that you don't that coon hunters know that's going on that nobody else everybody's at home asleep that don't coon hunt you run into things and and it's like whoa yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of all my favorite hunts that i've ever been on a friend of mine named dusty essick he used to hunt he don't hunt no more but he said um, we need to get around and go hunt off mules. My dad's got two good broke mules, and, and uh, I've never heard very many good stories about any experiences with any mules, and I never had a mule. And, but I always thought it'd be fun, this and that. But, you know, they say a mule waited his whole life just to kick you one time. Yeah. So I thought, <laughs> I don't want anything to do with a mule, you know. He uh, he took him and his buddy. His buddy had a horse, and he had them two mules. And he said, well, meet I'll pick you. Or he didn't, wasn't going to meet me. He said, I'll pick you up. And he said, we'll go hunting. And we took coffee and had saddlebags, and he had some, somebody, I don't know if he's his grandma or mom or somebody had made some gumbo. He had it in a thermos. We went into some government state ground over here thousands of acres in there you just you can't drive in there mm-hmm. and i think it's wilderness but we rode them mules back in there and i mean treed the fire out of coons back there were you know them dogs them coons hadn't seen a dog back there probably you know and mm-hmm. we just rode and i had the best time yeah if you're hunting off of a mule 
No, I know some guys back home in Alabama that did, but I, I've never done it. They, I, I've heard it. I heard it can be fun, and then I also heard that it can not be so. Much yeah, fun. I've heard that too. <laughs> I've heard a lot of runaway mule stories. You know, where people yeah. get hurt and throw it off. And but we had a good time. It was. It was. Uh, we built a fire back there, and and uh, we probably didn't have good enough dogs back then. To, you know, you don't build a fire anymore. Yeah, no, you don't stand around that long. <laughs> uh-uh. And uh, but it was cold. It was in the winter time, and we drank coffee and killed coons and and. Uh, we skinned them out and and this and that. We it was great. It, it was a I'll never forget it. It was a fun time. Yeah. And you didn't have to walk. Yeah. You know what's like walking around oh, here. Oh man, I've thought many times. And when you just, would be handy. Yeah. And when you just keep recutting, you know, you can get a long ways away from the truck. It's steep and rough. And riding that mule was yeah. it was pretty nice. Yeah. Well, we've been at it for a while. I'm trying to bring it to a close here. Is there anyone that you'd like to give a shout out to or thank? And if uh, someone would be interested in breeding, um, how would you like for them to get a hold of you? Facebook or Instagram or? Yeah, I um I've got several people. You know, I, I talk a lot about, you know, having true friends, and, and I've got a bunch of them. And Chuck Henson, Jamie Snyder, Coltman Russ Jones, Chops Darty, Ron Brown. I've got a lot of guys that have had some kind of an impact on on me coon hunting or on you know helping me with a dog you, it's hard for some people can probably take credit for themselves but i just feel like i can't take credit for anything that i've done just for me for myself without the help of somebody else because all them guys have you know contributed one way or another whether it was getting a pup from them or just or you know going hunting with them or whatever you know i've got you know you got buddies that you hunt with they've got excellent coon hunting and you know john wyrock another great friend of mine and he he's got a lot of good coon hunting down there so he had a part in you know you know getting loner to where he's at and this and that i look at it that way a lot yeah. of people don't look at it that way yeah. they think that they've that they're the one behind the you know leading the dog and, and they own the dog and that they're the one that's done everything and yeah they're probably play a big role and then the owners of the dogs do but when you got a group of buddies that are dedicated friends y'all just love each other and care about each other and want to help each other be successful you know whether it's hunting somebody's spot or or training a dog or getting a pup from one another or or a breeding, you know, or doing a cross, or letting a buddy shoot a coon out because he's got more coon than what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that you and your dog are benefiting from. That maybe those people, you know, a lot of people don't know that. You know, they're not going to get no pat on the back from, and they're not going to get any glory from it. Right, right. But you know, looking back on stuff is is I've got a lot of people to thank and that made an impact on my dogs or, or my success or whatever. What little it's been. I mean, I haven't had a lot of ex- success, but just what few little piddly wins that I've had. You know, if somebody's interested in breeding a loner, how would you, you want them to contact you through Facebook? Yeah, they can or? contact me through Facebook. They can get a hold of you on here. You can mm-hmm. put them in touch with me. Yes. You can give them my phone number, email. So if, um, if you're out there listening, and you're uh, interested in getting a hold of Brent and getting a breeding to loner, you can email me at thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com and I'll put you in touch with him and get you get you linked up and y'all can go from there for sure. Anything else you'd like to add before we close it off? No, here? I guess that's about it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. I've well, had a good time. This is a great experience. Yeah, I, I I really really appreciate you taking time out to be on here. It's a true honor to have you. And hopefully, uh, maybe maybe six months or a year from now, we can do this again and talk about where loners at then. And sounds good. Maybe you have yeah. another project coming along by that time. And we always hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if you don't have anything to add, I think we'll sign off here. And uh, thank y'all for listening to the Coonhound Collective this week. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey guys, thanks for joining us this week on the Coonhound Collective Podcast. We really hope you enjoy the content that we're bringing here. If so, head over to Facebook and give us a like and Instagram and give us a follow. 
at the Coonhound Collective. Also, if you have any large hunts or benefit hunts that you would like for us to announce on here, you can send those to the Coonhound Collective at gmail.com. If there's any products or someone that you would like to hear us interview here at the Coonhound Collective, please send those to the Coonhound Collective at gmail.com and we'll see if we can get them done. Thanks, guys.